welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host, and I don't even know this time. Favorite Chiss? Let's let's say that. We'll say that. I'm your forever host and favorite Chiss warrior. Uh, I say that in regards to the book that we are reading today. Um, which is The Last Command by Timothy Zahn. We're finally finishing up our review of the original Thrawn trilogy that came out in the 90s. Of course, today I do have Justin and Phil on with me. Um, We will get to them very shortly. I just want to go through all the preliminary podcast things like, hey, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, uh, TikTok, just search Quest Me Podcast and we'll pop up. Uh, we do have a ton of live videos um, and previous live videos up on YouTube. At uh, QuestMe is the way to uh, get there. Or you can click on any of those links that are in our show notes. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us as we conclude our Timothy Zahn um, Thrawn Trilogy talk. I don't I don't know. I, I called it the Hand of Thrawn for so long and then Ro uh, from That's the Skull, but from the scuttlebutt podcast uh, called me out and let me know that um that is wrong and it is not the hand of thrawn series it is just this is a thrawn trilogy i don't think there was any name for it um the heir to the empire trilogy i guess uh so my bad but thanks ro for uh calling me out (laughs) and correcting me on what this is actually called um it was a ton of fun chatting with Phil and Justin on this uh, final book. We are going, are planning on doing more books in the future. I think we kind of discussed that in the second part of this episode. That's right, it's a two-parter. This is just going to be part one today, and then part two will come out next week. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, and after part two, we have some other things in the works Um, including watching the very first season of Mandalorian over again and doing a review of that because Quest Me started on season two of Mandalorian, so we're going to go back and do season one. Um, If you would like to be a part of that, uh, come guest on the show or something, send me an email, questmetma at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Twitter. That's probably one of the best ways to get a hold of me. Um, If you just search Quest Me Podcast on Twitter, send me a DM. And we can get you on the show. I think Mandalorian Season 1 was only 8 episodes. So I only uh, I only have room for 8 guest spots. So they'll fill up pretty quick. And then after Season 1, we're going to go back to the expanded universe. I think we're going to just continue from the Thrawn trilogy. We're going to go um, into the next trilogy of books that was released after the Thrawn trilogy so definitely got a lot of things in the works here at the quest me headquarters and I'm super stoked to keep moving forward with it and keep talking Star Wars Um, there's kind of a lull right now there's not a lot of shows coming out not any movies yet Um, I'm sure there'll be some announcements here soon and we'll have to break those down uh, one way or the other but I'm blabbing now so I'm gonna get this show on the road and we're going to get it started Like I said, this is a two-parter, so this is the first part of the original Thrawn trilogy. I have Justin and Phil with me, and of course, we're just going to start off by heading to a bar far away. (laughs) 
So what are we drinking tonight, Phil? <laughs> so tonight, in honor of our reading The Last Command, I have made The Last Command. Uh, so nice. uh, cocktail fans out there uh, are probably familiar with The Last Word. Uh, the Last Word is a Prohibition-era cocktail, and it is equal parts lime juice, gin, uh, Luxardo, uh, cherry liqueur, and green chartreuse. So the last word usually has this very vibrant uh, green color to it from the chartreuse. Um, so uh, you'll notice that this is definitively not green. Uh, <laughs> it is much more of a kind of a deep like a burgundy. Yeah, oh, a little bit burgundy. Um, depending on the lighting, burgundy is a good color for it. Um, so the last command is a, a riff on the last word. Um, I used fresh squeezed lime juice. I used uh, Hendrix Lunar Gin. Uh, so getting a little Star Wars tie-in just with the Lunar. Uh, I used Luxardo's Sangue Morlaco, which is a deeper kind of cherry flavor and actually has the red color where like the classic Luxardo is clear. Uh, the Sangue Morlaco has that bloody uh, kind of cherry color to it. And then green chartreuse, uh, which has gotten a little harder to find right now just because the, the monks who make the green chartreuse uh, have not changed their production levels and the demand mostly because of the popularity of the last word cocktail the demand for green chartreuse has shot way up above what anyone basically ever expected it to be um, <laughs> but because they're monks and you know making the liqueurs is kind of a side task they don't want to distract themselves and you know put more time and energy into the production than they already do so interesting but yeah uh, so last command, equal parts, lime juice, sangue morlaco, uh, Luxardo, Hendrix lunar gin, and green chartreuse. With a cherry garnish. A cherry garnish. Mm. So sounds delicious. And it's it always is so indeed. Oh, man, I love it. Um, it is tart. It's a very sour, uh, but also very kind of funky herbal uh, quality to it. Hmm. Um the combination of the botanicals in the gin and in the chartreuse um green chartreuse is made from like over 130 different botanicals so it is an incredibly complex flavor well, yeah, but it's it's delicious sour flavorful fun please drink nice. responsibly meanwhile speaking of drinking responsibly justin's over there just downing a glass of scotch look at you it's already almost gone <laughs> we've been at this for half an hour you're right exactly. you're right <laughs> i like 18 year old glenfiddich so i'm celebrating Ooh, yeah worthwhile mm -hmm, mm -hmm. celebrating the final chapter of one of the best trilogies of the star wars expanded universe yeah, um yeah. uh by the way Oh, no, go ahead. Also known as... It? Also known as The Last Command, written by Timothy Zahn. I'm just going to go through this real quick. 
published in April of 1993. It came out a year after Dark Force Rising, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they they pumped them out real fast. Look at that. That's cool. Yeah, I've had this bookmark for bookmark? like over a decade. Yeah. Nice. Do you uh, use it specifically for Star Wars books? Yeah, actually. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it has been living in my copy of The Last Command for the last couple of years, actually, which was hilarious. I found it again when we picked this up to read this year. <laughs> it's, it's where it belongs. It's a great book, you know? Um, Justin, this was your first read of The Last Command. What, uh, just a quick nutshell, what did you think of the conclusion to the original Thrawn trilogy? Not the Hand of Thrawn. <laughs> the duology. I don't understand why Phil didn't correct me in the first book, but <laughs> thanks, Ro. Because Shop. it's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> It is pretty funny. Um, I'm not going to go back and edit those. No, I'm, no, I'm telling you, we, I've looked, we, we do it for the lulls. I've looked at the cover and every time, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so anyway, Justin, what were your uh, what are your thoughts on this conclusion? It was it wrapped up everything that I wanted it to, and that it should, and it left a, a good place marker for the next book or next writer to take the story in. I'm just I'm just so disappointed in one aspect. What's that? Are you the still mad about Delta Tree? You're still so mad about Delta Source. Oh <laughs> we hyped that up. Oh I I I hyped it up to be um Leia's handmaiden the winter. whole time. I, yeah, winter and I, I laid it out. I put I provided the evidence, and I'm like, oh, it's definitely this chick. <laughs> and it turned out to be a cybernetic damn tree. You gotta uh, be whole, kidding whole me. Series of them. It wasn't just one tree. Yeah. It was like all a... right. Aspens. Aspens. Cybernetic yeah. aspens. <laughs> that was a that really was... interesting part to the book. Let's just hop right into that because Delta Source was a big mystery leading all the way up into this book. And um, that's I mean, that's why I messed with you all the way through. Because like I, I just Thrawn feel like was a, it was a red herring. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it had the to the entire time. So yeah. because you never need to know exactly what level of mastermind Thrawn is to be getting this information. Mm hmm It was the kind of twist, um, because because obviously this you know, they try to mirror and replicate original star wars a lot like you see a lot of references in here han says his typical lines i have a bad feeling about this like throughout the whole series you know there's there's all sorts of like reminiscent things <clears throat> and i feel like the delta source red herring and or twist was almost as surprising but not nearly as cool as luke and leia being uh, brother and sister yeah i i feel like the the one uh, the the delta source thing was just better set up where the the luke and leia thing was just kind of a no let's throw it in uh yeah. last minute kind of thing but it still worked oh no it absolutely in a way it still work but whereas it's it, it the tree <laughs> here's my analogy the the original uh original trilogy twist with uh 
uh, Vader being revealed. Or Vader and his father. Yeah. Best twist ever. Never fucking saw it. This one, and, and like compared to M. Night Shyamalan, I know you, you may feel yay or nay, but uh, the first movie I saw of his was uh, Signs. And Signs yeah. I never saw coming. So I was like, all right, that, that's a great twist. And Which part? This one, the, the part where she dies or the part where the aliens are allergic to water? <laughs> where she dies <laughs> on a water-based planet <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Could you not know? <laughs> but uh the the twist of this felt like uh more like the village mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like like oh I, I figured they were in modern times that was that sucked and then it just the village was a cool twist the village i really enjoyed that movie i saw that I... one coming away did you really yeah I mean, I, the water. I didn't. I, I think I was, aliens would be smart. No, I was. I was crushingly disappointed when the village came out and actually gave up on M Night Shyamalan movies after that. A lot of people did. Mine was um, Lady in the Water. That's when I gave up. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody did. So did a lot of people. <laughs> but but the comparison of M Night Shyamalan's twist to these twists is yeah, how yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and on it's a soft. scale of twistiness, it's you know not bad. Yeah, it was. It, it was a weird like. I remember the first time I read it, I was like, "A, a tree? <laughs> what?" Because no one okay. would suspect it. And right, well, and it was just such a random thing to be thrown in there. Like the the cool thing about writing Star Wars books, I think back then was you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like now, there's so much lore in the movies and the TV shows that you have to really go back and do your research and make mm-hmm. sure you're not, you know, contradicting something. Whereas back then, Timothy Zahn was like, "I'll just do whatever I want. I'll make up force blocking salamanders. I I'll love I love them make, so much. I'll make clones in 20 days. I'll you know have." ridiculous maneuvers like the Kraken twist and just like you know he he had so much more liberty to make up whatever he wanted oh so yeah well i tree, mean because who knew like all right yeah in in 1993 who knew if we were we didn't know we were going to get more star wars right you know we didn't know that five this, years this, later we'd be getting was our new star wars episode one right and then i mean this was our new star wars you yeah, know, for people in the '90s, it was like, "Oh my God, this is this is pretty good." You know, uh, that was a good sequel. <laughs> I think I think probably my favorite twist in this book is not that much of an actual twist. It's just an internal reveal. You know, it's something we've all known, all mm. the readers, all the viewers have known since Empire, but Mara finding out that Luke is Vader's son. Oh yeah. It's such a great reveal. It's such a good good yeah. hit for her to just be so blindsided by it for as much as she knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she didn't find out she found out right when he came out and talked to the Nogri. Yeah, no, like he was they, when he was like, I am Vader's like, son, blah blah blah. Who's this son of Vader you're talking about gonna show up? He's like, well, yeah. he's already here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an build off of Mara. twist. What was hmm? that? Okay, let's build off of Mara. Mara yeah, Day. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, she she had some of the best, uh, I would say, character development in this absolutely um, in this book and and well, the and series of, in a whole. Part of that though is because our core crew, Han and Luke and Leia, even Chewie and Lando, are all pretty well already developed characters over the course of the films. Mara, right. we only got to meet in these books, and it was kind so of this is. Thrawn and Mara Jade were uh, Timothy Zahn's like own original characters. Yeah. I mean, Paleon and stuff like that. But those were his two main characters that he wanted to build. I feel like, mm-hmm. like he and wanted he, to build he... up Thrawn to be this amazing villain, and he wanted to build up Mara to be this. You know what? What's she's there for the redemption arc? There it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean she's it... she's she's the villain who gets the redemption in this. Right. And even, I mean, even from the get-go, she's not really a villain. I mean, she's an antagonist. She's misguided. She is a Luke Skywalker. You, you got to do that in all caps, Justin. Come on, man. Yeah, she needs, <laughs> she needs a little bit of shock therapy with that. But I think she got some shock therapy in this in this book. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. I I love the conversation she has with Leia. Uh, when they're talking about the Emperor's echoes around Endor. Mm-hmm. And Leia felt that, I think, yeah. uh, in book book one, yep. when she goes she to meet the Nogri. Or no, it was book two, because she agreed to meet the Nogri in book one, and then actually went and met them in book two. And uh, she could Endor. feel the Emperor's presence like around all of Endor. Yeah. Um, Which I think was kind of referenced in Rise of Skywalker, wasn't it? A little yeah, bit. They just... kind of like say there was some sort of dark. I don't know. I've only seen that movie one and a half times. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but so with Mara, it, it, her redemption kind of starts pretty early on in this book too, because she uh, and I, I feel like Leia kind of pushes her over the edge because um, Winter comes running in. This is kind of when when I was first reading this book, I was like, oh, Winter's totally. The, the spy she's totally the spy because she comes in going i think mara jade is working for the empire and you know basically <laughs> tells leia that mara jade is probably giving information to thrawn and so leia's like mm, i don't really know and then went and had a really cool conversation with mara jade just about... goes and talks with her yeah and that's it it's just a talk. great it's a great bit of character for leia yep and then it really like at the end of that conversation, Leia's walking out and Mara goes, I'm gonna kill your brother. Did he tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, well, so now, Leia now, being now, I Leia. Just need, now I just need like an audio version done with Mara Jade just being the valley girl, just saying, like, oh my god. <laughs> Did you know that I'm gonna I, kill I, your brother? I, I Luke Skywalker, like <laughs> See, I just thought it was a great conversation because it, it showed the death of uh, Leia finding interest in her, yet still being the politician at heart. And but yeah, yeah, for the sure. whole backhand slap was awesome at the end. <laughs> yeah, she was being a, she was being diplomatic while trying and to find she, information because she has been a diplomat since she was a teenager. That was the thing. I mean, because when yeah. how old was canonically? How old was Leia? When she was uh, uh, at, at the beginning of uh, New Hope, how old were Luke and Leia? Nineteen. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen. 
Yeah. And and she was already an established diplomat senator. Yeah. Princess. Yeah. At 19. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in Obi-Wan, I mean, I know this is way later. After oh, yeah, 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 Hope, yeah, yeah. But like in Obi-Wan, I, she I mean, was five. And yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not even talking about like new canon. I, I'm talking about just the. Right. The original, original trilogy. trilogy. Yep. You know, so, yeah, at 19, she was established a diplomat. That's her position in the galaxy. She is. And she was a mouthy, she was a mouthy diplomat, a diplomat too. And, you know, Thrawn kind of, there was a uh, brash to her, but right. And, and he made sure to make a point that she wasn't the same brash Leia that we saw in the original trilogy and doing that by having this conversation with Leia and Mara, Mm -hmm. because, you know, she could have went in there and be like, um, Oh, what the hell's your problem? But instead she was like, you know, what's, what's going on? Like, let's, let's chat. I know that you have some info on Thrawn. Like maybe we can exchange some information. You know, she was being really, uh, she was being like a, a chancellor or a yeah. Senator or something and that she, was, you know, very smart. Intelligent. She also gets a phenomenal character arc throughout these because we see her growing as a Jedi in her own right. Um, she has already built her own lightsaber at this point, and she mm-hmm. is trained in a lot of force techniques by Luke. And she's I, able I, to I'm, like calm the kids through the force. God, that would be she's, nice. She's like, oh, oh, they're fussy, and and like just like rubbing her belly, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> uh, um, and, and speaking of the twins, we we get to meet Jason and Jaina in this book yes um and those are the first two like new skywalkers that were introduced Mm -hmm. into the eu jason and jaina um have pretty big arcs and pretty big like implications on the entire rest of the galaxy i mean yeah and it's for the rest of the series like any other book that you read has jason and jaina in it um and it was really cool like back in the day like you see their birth here in the last command and then you go on to I think I I first courtship was it the courtship of Princess Leia that came out after this? Yeah, and then you see like her kids growing, like you see those kids grow, like all yeah. the different authors of these um, books, like Kevin J. Anderson, Kevin J. Anderson, and Rebecca Molesta did the uh, Jedi Academy series. Yep, and uh, Anderson did MS. the Dark Saber. Yep, duology with um the other lady. I can't remember. Or no, that was a that was a trilogy, I believe. Dark Saber was. Um, and that was that that might have actually been part of the Jedi Academy or the Jedi Search. So there, yeah. So Darksaber was a standalone. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a trilogy, but I, but that was right. Like, that's right. Because it was like it was a very uh, uh, loosely based, yeah, it, continuation it was, of a um, different Children book. of the Jedi. Yes, it was Thank Children you. of the Jedi and then Darksaber and, those, and then. And those are the ones that life. really show the the growth of Jason, Jaina, and I think mm-hmm. I think Ben and Anakin were born by that time do you, too. Do you think that all these authors like chit chatted mm-hmm. to see where they were going, or they just left it off? Absolutely. And there was it? there was a there was a lot of collaboration between yeah. them to to establish like the timelines and everything. Mm-hmm. They had to figure out who was using what characters where at what times and. 
make sure everything lined up and made sure that no one was killing off characters that anyone else was, you know, having plans for. <laughs> Dude, when they killed Mara Jade, like way Man. later on when they killed her, everyone was pissed. <laughs> like every author, even the chick that played, um, that portrayed Mara Jade on the book cover was art. like, mm-hmm. they're like, screw that person. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe they killed Mara. <laughs> and, and it was uh mild mild spoiler alert uh it was don't do it don't spoil it okay nah uh it was to portray it was to further the agenda of a new sith lord yeah oh man and And it's it's brutal it's awesome (laughs) yeah um but anyway back to the lightsaber mara Oh, uh, she builds it after they start the Jedi Academy. Yeah, she goes off and builds it. She goes on her own little Jedi quest. Yeah, because uh, she's at the end of this she one again becomes like a major recurring story. character for the next like thirty years of books. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the spoiler: alert. twenty-five. She years. marries Luke, so that's a spoiler alert. <clears throat> but they uh, they get together after a while, which was a really cool and then you know they, it was kind of a yeah, the eu is just it's so huge at this point um up until 2015 whenever disney no 2013 it was 10 years ago now um but up until 2013 all of those books were basically they part were the of the canon yeah they were the eu and like some of the george approved though uh george signed off on him i mean he he told them all like this isn't real canon he was like you guys can have your fan fiction and do what you want and like maybe we'll use some of your stuff but washed his hands of the whole thing and just said Mm -hmm. he'd he'd done his prequels and as far as he was concerned that was going to be it Mm -hmm. then they started the clone wars and Mm -hmm. he he was he had a big part in the clone wars too like him and dave filoni worked very closely on that so um I, I do uh, George did take some things from the EU as well, <clears throat> like mm-hmm. Coruscant. He he took Coruscant. And then um Which was never again, never named in the films. In the original films. No, not in the originals. Yeah. Uh, Zon gave Coruscant its name. <clears throat> and then George Lucas used it in episode in the prequels mm-hmm. which which was the first time that they pulled something from the books into the movies i believe which is super cool um so back to the twins really cool yeah. to see them be born and finally come into the galaxy um but it also causes all the problems you know because Seaboth wants the twins so thrawn is now at this point thrawn is kind of desperate because i think Seaboth has like lost his shit by this time and uh did yeah and he at one point he like takes over an entire star destroyer (laughs) like just takes over everybody's mind and is like you're mine now and they all all yeah like he like okay we're cowering yeah you you win we jedi mind tricks the whole crew i'm pretty sure it's more than just a little Jedi mind trick. He he basically puts the entire Star Destroyer like command crew on pause. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and yeah. he just kind of overrides them for a minute. Yep. 
And then he tells Thrawn, he's like, I am doing whatever the fuck I want to do now. <laughs> and uh, he goes off to Wayland um, and basically threatens Thrawn, all this shit. And so Thrawn's like, Get, send off a, a crew to go take the babies. Bring me the babies. <laughs> Which, um, creepy. Very creepy, yes. But another scene with, um, like I was saying, that the twins start, they always cause problems. And it starts at a very young age. In fact, it starts at about two weeks old. So, mm-hmm. um, they already caused problems right there. Yeah. They knew it was pregnant. Yeah. In utero, bro. In utero. <laughs> it's true. That's very true. Um, but it gives Mara and Leia another kind of connection. And this is another part of Mara's redeeming story where she contacts Leia through the force and she's like, she's like, bitch, they're coming for you. You better hide. <laughs> and like and so Leia's like, I hear you, girl. And you know, she wakes up Han and they're able to get away i mean mara actually sneaks through the palace and like ambushes the the um, the imperials and like saves saves the day but that that was like basically when you knew you're like oh okay mara's gonna end up being a good character by the end of this book she's gonna be on like at least neutral ground and not trying to kill everyone um well i feel like she's landed on more of a positive ground that uh, there she got to kill luke and luke. So the, the emperor's wish uh also and we got she had a conversation with luke at the end i can't remember what it's about but it was sort of like hey i i, I like you but i'm going this way and you're going that way <laughs> right if she was going again, to find herself if we see if i see you again i may not try to kill you Right. And Luke gives her his lightsaber, doesn't he? Doesn't she keep yeah. um Vader's saber, like yeah. uh, Anakin's the, original lightsaber? She takes his her his saber all day. Okay, can we talk about can we talk really quickly? Can we talk really quickly about the shout out to uh episode one to Aunt Owen? Or to Aunt Baru, excuse me. Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru. Well I'm 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 drawing what's, a blank. What's the clone's name? Luke. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a joke. That's that's, that's all Amperu, <laughs> man. That it's all Amperu. Damn it. Now every time I read this, that's all I'm gonna hear in my head. Whenever like <laughs> whenever Mara is fighting Luke. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna hear. That's Mission funny. Accomplished. Thank you. Um Good night, gentlemen. We could uh, we could kind of talk about that a little bit. Just that whole clone. I names? know this is skipping. No, just <laughs> no. That's that'll be for another time. <laughs> trust me. Um, I mean, it it makes it's an easy distinction to make in text. Yeah, they go out of control though. They get it, a little it, out of control it, with that later on. It doesn't <laughs> work quite so well audibly. Because no. it's such a no. such a subtle thing. It's just like I'm pretty sure the original name was Joris Seaboth, and now it's Jorus. There's a second U. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. Clone uh, again, Jorus. But, but 
just <laughs> just out of you, just out of you each time. Oh my God, British words are clones of English words. So we could talk about the whole Wayland um, <laughs> battle at the end. There, I know it's the very end, but there's this book jumps around so much anyway that I feel like we could jump around on this podcast just as much. Um, but but to complete Mara's redemption arc, she does, like you said, kill Luke. a version of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And it's an evil version of Luke, which is the version that she has portrayed in her mind for so long. And it's that literal, it's that literal definition, uh, like following that, that command. She's still doing what she's told to do. Yep. Um, and she hears right. Amber's voice in the battle. She hears yeah. the voice. Kill Luke. Kill All Luke. right. Cool. Boom. Done. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of similar to how uh, to um, Jessica Jones, how they deal with Kilgrave's power, basically making people do like a literal version of things. He he tells one of her friends to put a bullet in her head. So Jessica puts a bullet in her hand puts it into her mouth there's a bullet in her head boom done she's she's you know not having to follow that command anymore yeah i mean luke did kind of help oh no he did with, him, but like and, was, and sturman drang and yeah it was a it was a joint effort yeah, um, no, it, it, it had but to be a still, team effort it's the big bad of the trilogy and dude and it's a it's what a cool twist that was too i mean <laughs> right because you you see, uh, was it at the end of Dark Force Rising? I think Seaboth calls for, like, he's like, I need specimen C seventeen ninety five, whatever it was. Yeah, and specimen yeah. specimen that he called for was Luke's hand from Bespin. So yeah. they made a clone out of Luke's hand, which was super cool. Another like. 20 you know, days later <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. um instead of instead of getting you know how did you get this lightsaber that's a story for another time instead of getting that bullshit we got an actual explanation of what happened what it was used for where it went etc etc so uh and okay so fun thing uh new canon has actually held on to the idea of luke's hand being saved yeah uh there was a, a faux pas like uh a trailer i guess or like a trailer that got scrapped um in the beginning stages of of jj's writing i guess for mm -hmm. force awakens where he talked about the opening scene would be luke's hand floating in space with the lightsaber like holding on to the lightsaber <laughs> And it was, you know, it was just two of that. No, but um, one of the comics uh, back in 21. Uh, uh, Hand of Vader? Uh, they featured uh, the Empire, the Emperor's storehouse on Exegol, which is basically mm. the, the new canon version of Mount Tantus. Well, and one no, dude, they have Mount Tantus in New Canon. I, I mean, but like Wayland specifically, <laughs> it, it's oh, Exegol okay. Wayland. Yeah. I, point being, they they go through this <laughs> temple on Exegol and they find Luke's hand, like in a storage container. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's like his high, his his real high end storage unit. Yeah. You know, like, like if you want to win some shit on Storage Wars, you go to the Exegol storage unit and you bid on those. I find it really hard to find a hand on a cloud planet. Why? It's just going to be. It fell down the, the tube with Luke, so therefore it probably fell out of Cloud City. Maybe. Or it just ended up in the trash. Yeah. Luke, you Luke like guided himself out the vent. He went out of a, a vent. The I think wasn't that a Is trash that chute that, that hand went down? Yeah, because he like used the force to guide himself into that weird little vent, you remember? And he like slide it, it reminds me of a, like a water slide from Waterworld. Yeah, I definitely didn't get a feeling he used the force. Do we need Why to bring that scene out? Door leading to the empty world below him. He was just, I think he was just taking a different route. Right? Route diverted. <laughs> you should watch that scene. I always, since I was a kid, I always assumed that he used the, book, the force. Like the, the book reads. Because the book always gives the, diff, uh, the characters insight. Mm-hmm. I. Can I don't have the Empire Strikes Back? Phil, yo, do we need? Do we need? Do we? Do we need the novelizations? Look at him! Look at him! Do we need the novelizations? Nah, I'm. I own all three of the original trilogy novelizations. I have the first one, but I don't have the second two. Do you, I mean, do you have it on hand? Can you look I, up I mean, that exact it's moment? Downstairs. No, yeah, no, don't worry about it's it. It's towards the end of that one. No. <laughs> you don't you don't say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I could find it. I bet I could just ask Google yeah. really quick. Does Luke use the force while falling on Bespin? So does Luke use the force to play shoots or ladders? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, okay. Okay. Check this out. Cloud City's primary purpose is to collect and refine Tabana gas from the atmosphere of Bespin. This gas has a variety of uses, most notably being munitions. The stuff is basically blaster ammo. Uh, but there really isn't all that much of the stuff at the altitude where humans can easily survive, so it has to cycle huge amounts of atmospheric gases through its central core to separate out the Tabana gas. The shaft that they were fighting in is where the air was cycled, which means that there were periodically very strong updrafts running through it and a variety of vents and filters intended to pull out the relevant gases from the atmosphere. That's what Luke fell into. First, a massive air cushion to slow his fall and then a giant vacuum intended to pull out the heavier gases. It's a really good theory on Reddit. That, that's just a description of the city's inner workings, man. It doesn't say anything about the falling of chutes and ladders. No, no. It it <laughs> explains like how he fell into that vent, though. The updraft helped him go in, like, curve into that vent. Oh, all right, all right. That's right. the whole function of Bespin's gas processing. Yeah. 
So it's and and what I always thought was that he used the force to guide himself that way. But damn it, dream shattered. Point. That sucks. <laughs> the anyway. wind saved this series. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, back to the hand, um, and the lightsaber. Mara gets Luke's lightsaber at the end of this, which is pretty cool. Because I believe she has a red lightsaber throughout the whole thing and then gets herself a nice little Jedi lightsaber that was used by the greatest Jedi to ever live, Anakin Skywalker. And then these... Man, you know, I guess in Star Wars, you could probably compare... Do you think in, in the Star Wars galaxy they have debates like we do about LeBron James and Michael Jordan? about who's the greatest <laughs> yeah like luke skywalker cool. and dart and anakin skywalker like no way dude no way luke skywalker wouldn't survive in the clone wars dude he got anakin got beat up all the time like just like how people are like lebron wouldn't survive the 80s and 90s jordan got hit at the rim every time and like I feel like as, I feel like I want to say yes. As much as yeah. I want to say yes, it's 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 a no because they, if you recall in the the sequels, they they refer to uh, the legend of Luke Skywalker. I have, Raiders. I have the text. Nice. Um, the official novelization. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want I want to finish this really quick. Yeah, no, go because... do your thing. I'm just letting you know. I got it right here. Got the scene. perfect. Um, so Justin, I'm going to purposely start arguments with you now, from now <laughs> on about who's the greatest Jedi ever, Anakin or Luke. Like it's, I, I, I have to now. Anakin. No, it's always Luke. It's always Luke. Oh, I'm so glad that we disagree here. <laughs> oh, Luke man. mastered the force so much quicker than Anakin did. Anakin had to go through a bunch of bullshit training. Trying to sit around and fuck around. No, dude. Luke didn't have no time. He was he a farm kid. Fight. He had to go fight Vader fucking a year after he got a lightsaber. What? Come on. What did, Anakin he do the year what did Anakin do the year after he got a lightsaber? Huh? What did he do? Uh, killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> He had no, a saber. He, 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 he slaughtered a bunch of he fucking Tuscan slaughtered. And I hate the man. Wilton <laughs> children too. Oh, uh, we love you, Hayden Christensen. We no, do. absolutely, we really do. But that's another redemption. Are, are, <laughs> are you for real, that's... though, Justin? Do you do you really think Anakin was the greatest Jedi of all time? Yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. Bill, you have the ancient text of Empire uh, Strikes Back. I have I have the sacred texts. Read them so, to me. From Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back by Donald F. Glutz, based on a story by George Lucas. This is the official novelization from 1980. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on page 200, uh, 
Skywalker's body quickly Skywalker's body quickly plunged downward, toppling head over foot. The wounded Jedi desperately reached out to grab at something to stop his fall. The Dark Lord watched until he saw the youth's body sucked into a large exhaust pipe in the side of the reactor shaft. When Luke vanished, Vader quickly turned and hurried off the platform. Luke sped through the exhaust shaft, trying to grab the sides to slow his fall. But so the smooth, he was... shiny sides of the pipe had no handholds or ridges for Luke to grasp. At last, he came to the end of the tunnel-like pipe, his feet striking hard against a circular grill. The grill, which opened over an apparently bottomless drop, was knocked out by the impact of Luke's momentum, and he felt his body start to slide out through the opening. Frantically clawing at the smooth interior of the pipe, Luke began to call out for assistance. Ben, Ben, help me. He oh, pleaded desperately. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Even no, as so he called main, out. The main point <laughs> of that, don't make me put you in the corner again. <laughs> uh, there are, there are follow-up paragraphs. Luke could no longer slow his inexorable slide down the exhaust <laughs> out the exhaust pipe. He slid the final few centimeters and then dropped through the cloudy atmosphere, his body spinning and his arms flailing to grip onto something solid. After what seemed like forever, he caught hold of an electronic weather vane that jutted out from the bow the bowl-like underside of Cloud City. So at no point in that fall did he use the force. No force at on no, the slide. No. Just yeah. the mechanisms of Cloud City. And I and I wasn't talking about the slide. I was just talking about guiding himself to the slide is what I thought he used no. the force to do. But no, nope. he was sucked. Nope. He was into completely the he was sucked out through the exhaust vent and was yep. then basically completely at the whims of the layout yep. of Cloud City. So he was like he was like point when you being, were a kid. Point being his hand and lightsaber did not necessarily also go flying out the same vent. Right, it could have gotten sucked out of a different. Uh, all right, all right. There's a possibility, yeah. but because like, way... for for those of you playing along at home, that is where this whole thread started on whether or not I had the book on hand. This was a whole discussion <laughs> about whether or not the handed lightsaber ended up going out through the same ports. But I just imagine the hand like white knuckling the lightsaber, <laughs> and someone just finding it. Oh, look at this. Just mopping it up. It's like the robot chicken episode was... where like the bodies are falling from. <laughs> that was still one of my favorite memes, you know, like when um, Force Awakens came out and you get the scene of Ray holding the lightsaber out to Luke. Somebody had done a version of it where they captured Luke. And it was like there was there was there was a hand. Did you find a hand? No, oh, a hand. Where's the hand that came with that? Thank you all for joining us on this part one of the Last Command review. Join us next week for part two. And make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Quest Me Podcast. Head over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel at Quest Me and be notified for when we're going to go live. Those, uh, 
Mandalorian Season 1 episodes that I was talking about earlier are going to be live on YouTube, so you don't want to miss those. Definitely head over there and hit that subscribe button. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Josh. I am the host of Quest Me, and we are going to talk at you next week. May the Force be with you.